0: Welcome everybody, I'm your host Brian Basilico and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? hey peeps i have an incredible guest this is one of my favorite peeps in the whole wide world his name is john Ferreira, and he is the father of the crm or damn close he created a tool called Goldmine years ago and now he runs a company which is in my faves brian go there to check out nimble it is the coolest greatest crm tool and it's really super reasonable and easy to use so john did i pump that up enough i mean you know Uh, Was
1: that cool? I loved it, man. I I appreciate the kind words, Brian. It's really great to join you and your community for a conversation that I hope uh, inspires and educates people a little bit and gives them a takeaway that uh, puts a little spring in their step.
0: I know it will because, I mean, I'm serious about that, man. I use it every single day, and I love it. And uh, I'll I'll tell you, if I haven't told you about my 10-10-10 strategy, I'll do that at the end. I don't think we talked about that the last time you were on, which was episode 367. So if you want to listen to John's details about the program, you can go there. But today we're going to be talking about, you know, kind of what are the the uses of a CRM but more so what are the biggest you know pains in the neck and then how to get people to actually use it because if you're a manager you're running a business it's one thing to have a CRM and pay up for all those seats but it's another thing to get the info in there correctly so John let's get to know you a little better by you know give a little bit of your backstory again and tell people you know how you got into this whole thing
1: you bet Brian I um I'm a relationship guy I I've been that all my life. I learned it from my pops. He was number one Lincoln Mercury dealer in the country in the fifties and then the first Subaru dealer in, uh, in California in the seventies. Wow. And I watched him do his stuff. And you know, the funny thing is Brian, I promised I'd never be in sales. So I studied computer science and, uh, I, uh, I struggled when I graduated, uh, at my second job, they put me in sales and back then, there were no um, CRMs. There were no contact manager. Outlook and Salesforce didn't exist. And we, we rolled with daytimers and spreadsheets. And, uh, and, and that was our, our, our contact tools, not far from the Rolodex. And I, I struggled to manage the contacts I was connecting to, the, the appointments I was doing, my follow-ups, and more importantly, my pipeline and the ability to nurture those leads so because I had a computer science background and, uh, and I knew every software program on the market because I worked in a computer land uh, getting my computer science degree, I knew there didn't exist a program that integrated email, contact and calendar and sales and market automation. So I quit my job uh, in 1989 on $5,000. I basically pioneered conduct management, CRM and market automation before any of those categories existed with a company called Goldmine.
0: That's awesome. And I, I think you made one classic mistake in your intro. And that was, you said, I didn't want to be in sales. And I think one thing that everybody has to understand is we are all in sales. It doesn't matter what you
1: do. Um, and, and also, I, I think that today, that's absolutely more correct than it was 20 or 30 years ago, because today in the advent of social and LinkedIn, et cetera, your brand and your network are absolutely your net worth. And back in the day, If you weren't in sales, you might be able to hide out and not worry about your brand new network as much.
0: I agree 110%. And back when I, you know, I got a gig at a music store because I wanted to work at a music store because I was into music and, you know, didn't realize that it was a sales gig at the time. So wait, wait, you need me to talk to customers? What's up with this? This isn't what I wanted. But, um, you know, since then I've kind of matured a little bit and learned, you know, that we're all doing sales. And I think one of the biggest challenges is, People see a CRM and they're, you know, they're basically their brain freezes, their eyes roll in the back of their heads because they think it's like, okay, I'm not a data entry person. Right. So let's first define what a CRM is and talk about you talked a little bit in the pre talk of this show about Outlook and what Outlook did to CRMs and what CRMs did to Outlook.
1: So I think if you understand history, you better understand the present and you can even predict the future. And and so let's do a little history of, of CRM. So it, it kind of really started with the Rolodex, business cards, where you collect business cards and try to organize them and manage them. And that way, if you need to reach out to somebody, you've got some new products that you want to sell or whatever, that you can more easily call people and connect to them. It's, it's a, a CRM is kind of like somebody's Christmas list. You know, it's a, it's a list of contacts. And, um, and that evolved from the Rolodex into the 6 9 Index Card recall system, which is you when you make a call with a client, you put their name and address and their phone number, and then you make a note on the call, and you put the recall date when you say, okay, I'll follow up with you in two weeks. Then you file it based on that recall date, and that's a paper-based index uh, contact platform uh, follow-up. And then that evolved into something called the day timer, the day runner, which was those uh, leather-based things that you put in your, in your jacket, and that managed your contacts, your to-dos, and, and uh, et cetera, Franklin Covey, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, uh, a friend of mine actually started day running, so he did all right with that. So anyways, um, that's about the time I got into the market. And what I saw was these tools, all of those things really helped an individual person, but they didn't help the team. And I worked as part of a sales team in a in the Dallas field office for a company called Banyan Vines. And there's about 10 people in the field office and there's 15 field offices. And then there's corporate in Boston, And when I was interacting with the customer, uh, there was a team of people that was interacting with the customer with me, including my systems engineer who did pre and post sales, my sales manager who facilitated, and then the product team and the management team back at corporate that had to get involved for various uh, uh, reasons and issues. And we weren't really on one page. We had email and I might've had some sort of scheduling thing but there wasn't a tool that integrated the conversations we were having to the activities that we were driving, let alone the forecast that we were doing. And so I looked around and I basically found uh, bits of it. I found uh, a, a thing called Telemagic that allowed you to basically do the recall date thing, and a thing called Snap, which was pipeline management, and a thing called Act, which was a plug-in to Symphony for managing tasks and notes for contacts for an individual. What I wanted was something for my whole team, not just my district office, but all the offices and back to corporate. So that no matter who picked up the phone, you know who you're talking to, what's been done, who did it, what's going to happen, who's going to do it. And for you to have me, the ability to log in out and schedule the next task to drive the relationship to the point where it's forecasted sale. And ideally the ability to do some basic drip marketing, some nurture marketing, because as you scale the number of prospects and contacts that you're connecting to, you need a lot of automation, and um, and so that was the foundation of contact management, and that's where people lived. There was no Outlook back then. Goldmine and Act were people's Outlook and Salesforce combined, and Microsoft kind of copied uh, Goldmine, and they came out with Outlook, which was a program that integrated email, contact, and calendar into one uh, platform. And then CMO came out and in, in basically pioneered CRM for enterprises, which really was more focused on the command and control of the sales rep, not really empowering them to engage better because they don't engage in the CRM. They engage with their inbox and the phone and in person. So they live in Outlook and they had to go feed the CRM beast. See, in the old days, they lived in goldmine. And that's why it made it easier to use because that was where your email was and your calendar was and your contacts And when you separated contact management, which is the heart of engaging for a sales rep, from the CRM, and then you don't include SFA in that, because SFA is the sales uh, automation functions that the sales reps need to engage. When you don't put that into it, then basically CRM just becomes a reporting platform. So CRM doesn't stand for customer relationship management. It stands for customer reporting management. And to make it a relationship manager, you have to add in some type of contact manager which for most companies is Microsoft 365 or G Suite. And then you need to add in the sales intelligence and outreach SFA stuff like LinkedIn sales navigator and outreach IO or sales off. And by the time you get done buying all that crap, guess what? The sales reps don't even use it because the biggest cause of failure or CRM is lack of use. And the second is bad data. Lack of use because the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Bad data because... <laughs> If you, if you actually get the sales rep to type the data in, it'll decay like fish because the database doesn't uh, update itself. So that's why I got back in the business to build Nimble because I believe that your CRM should be about empowering that customer facing and business team member. It should be about relationships. It should have at its heart a great contact manager. And I think that your CRM should have worked for you by building itself in the context you already have, automatically building records for you. You should not have to Google people, you Nimble them and Nimble will automatically give you who that person is, their title, the company, their their avatar, their description, and what their company's all about, and then uh, work with you where you work. Because I don't live in my CRM; I live in my inbox. I live in LinkedIn. I live in all the places that I engage, and that's where you should spend your time listening and engaging with your prospects and your customers, and ideally their influencers, so that you're top of mind. So when they make a buying decision, they not only pick up the phone and call you, but they drag their friends with them.
0: Absolutely, that's <laughs> that is uh, the history of the world in uh, two and a half, three minutes. I don't know, but <laughs> it, but a couple of things that you said. I mean, first and foremost, I love the fact that you said they call it Salesforce because you have to force salespeople to use it. That's very true. And the other thing about it is you mentioned the Rolodex and you know the golden Rolodex. I remember a long time ago when I had a Rolodex, I didn't write notes on it what i would do is i'd get a business card and i would staple the business card to you know the rolodex and that way i would i'd find them that way and uh i should have written notes on it but i just didn't feel like pulling the damn thing out and trying to slot it back in it was just a pain in the butt um but what i've done one of the first things i did with nimble after i met you and um some of the other people at the company is I hired my programmer to write a zap so I could use Evernote to basically take a picture of a business card and it would convert that data immediately into my CRM into Nimble. And so I had that data there and then I immediately sent them an email directly from it so I could say, hey, nice to meet you at such and such event. Here's my contact info. And then they were in my CRM and then I can go back to my office and I can now pull in, you know, their LinkedIn profile and their Twitter handle and... You know, some of their Facebook information and and basically build a dossier on these people of, you know, all their social media and and you kind of got a sense of them. And there's a couple other tools that I use to kind of even take that a step further. But the bottom line is just getting the damn data into the CRM and then going back and actually using it, like you said. So what is the biggest challenge that you see with these CRMs, getting people to use it? I mean, what is the biggest hang up that most of these people have?
1: I think it's data entry. I don't think any human being likes to type data into a into a database. Um, and they really shouldn't have to. And, and and by having to do all that extra work of Googling somebody and then going and logging what you know about them in the company and then going and engaging with them in email and social and having to go log what you did, it prevents you from doing the basics. And that's why most business people fail is they don't do the basics. And the basics are – Preparing before a meeting so you know enough about that person and their company in order to be able to ask intelligent questions so you could get them to open up to you about their business issues, which is a pressure you can then solve. And then the follow-up and follow-through. Because you typically in a meeting say, I'm gonna do this, and they say I'm gonna do that. So you need to log those things and then you need to schedule your next action. Because if you don't have an next action with somebody, if they're contacting in your database and you don't have any log notes, any Any next action, then they're basically they're they're meaningless in your database. So every sales rep should be doing the basics, which is prep before the meeting, ask good questions, log the basic note, schedule the next task, and you repeat and rinse that cycle until they either become qualified and you have them in your pipeline, or you determine that they're not qualified and you move on. You don't waste your time. And so I think that the the biggest cause of failure in this whole cycle of sales reps using CRMs is lack of use because it's people just don't like to type crap in a computer.
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing that um, if you get to use it and get to know it, one of the things I've done is I've integrated my Gmail and my b2b-im.com and my Dot .me and all of those things. And the one thing about it is, is that I can go in and say I had a conversation with you, I can get every email that I've sent between the two of us in one place without having to search for it or go to a search box or all those other
1: things right in the CRM. And that way if And not just in not just emails for you, but depending on how you set the privacy, it's all communications for all your team members, which is invaluable mm-hmm. because Brian, when I call American Express uh, they know exactly who I am. They know every conversation I've ever had with their team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they know if anything's pending. And, and that's what you need to do. And I think, that, I think that the biggest sort of mistake that businesses make with their CRM is they think that the CRM is only for prospects and customers and only for salespeople or maybe sales and marketing people. But the reality is it's not just prospects and customers that a business connects to in order to grow their business. At Nimble, We connect to editors, analysts, bloggers, influencers, third-party developers, investors, advisors, and prospects and customers. And everybody in our company does that connecting, not to salespeople. In fact, we don't have salespeople at them. And so um, what most companies need isn't really a CRM, but a company-wide contact platform so that everybody in the company is on one page with all the connections and conversations they're having with their constituency. And I say constituency because again, It's not just prospects and customers that you should be connecting to. And the biggest mistake people make is they basically just buy serum seats for their sales reps. And they think that they're going to be managing the relationships they need to grow their business. And then they rely on things like Microsoft 365 and G Suite for their contact management. But they, they don't really understand the fact that both Microsoft 365 and G Suite don't have a common contact database for the whole team. And so everybody has a separate siloed contact database. So everybody in the company is basically working on a separate set of contacts, including the business apps they might be using in sales, marketing, customer service, and accounting. And what I believe that every business should have is a common contact database for everybody across all departments that everybody can access that they can then use back in the applications that they're using in email, in social, or in the business apps that they're using so that no matter who picks up the phone, they're all on one page, and they could follow them all through and work as a team.
0: Right. So one of the biggest challenges I think is, you know, getting the people who use it, since it's web based, um, to actually have that tab open all the time in their computer and also using obviously you have a web app on you know phones and things of that nature but it's just getting people to you know a know it's there and get in the habit of using it so how do you convince them what's in it for the salespeople what do they get out of using it that's going to make them want to do it
1: well that's exactly it Brian what's in it for them people don't buy great products they buy better versions themselves and so Uh, traditional CRMs aren't designed for salespeople. They're designed for management, command and control and reporting, and therefore salespeople don't see what it's in it for them. And so what you need to do is you need to teach sales reps the value of using something like NIMO for themselves. And, uh, and I think the biggest value is it saves them time and, uh, And the reason it saves them time is because it automatically builds records for them and then presents them with the details they need, not just with the tab open and going to Nimble, but because we have a browser plugin that works inside of Microsoft 365 G Suite and LinkedIn and any business app you use, Nimble then presents a record, no matter where you're engaging, that gives you the context and insights you need to be effective. And then if you find a net new contact, you can automatically build them by hovering on their name and their details, and then schedule the follow up and follow through. And I think that if you're listening to this podcast today and you don't have a personal CRM, you should go to nimlo.com and just sign up right now because your brand and your network are your net worth. Your personal brand and professional network will help you achieve your dreams in life. And most of us manage our contacts pretty poorly in things like Google contacts and Apple iCloud and LinkedIn and Facebook and you know, whatever things you're using. But you don't own those contacts. Those contacts are basically locked up. In fact, if you try to export your LinkedIn contacts, you're not going to get much, including you're not going to get their email or even their title these Mm -hmm. days. And so you should be using your own personal CRM, even if the company has you using uh, whatever they have you use at the office, like Salesforce or Dynamics or whatever you happen to be using, because you won't work at that company the rest of your life. And you're going to have to bring that golden Rolodex with you to your next job And so even if you have a CRM at your company, you should use something like Numo for team contact management. You should use something like Numo for your personal CRM. And and I think that you can get salespeople to adopt your CRM if you teach them the value that they're going to get out of it. And it's kind of also similar with social, Brian. I mean, Mm -hmm. do you remember the early days of trying to get sales reps and sales leadership or just executives to use LinkedIn all or the time. It's still the same Twitter,
0: issue. It's the right? same stuff. And they, yep. they
1: basically say, well, why should I do that? And on that instance, you teach them the value of them building their own personal brand, because that brand is something they're going to carry with them the rest of their life. And so if you empower your customer facing business team members to build their personal brands by sharing content and engaging effectively uh, across a variety of personal and professional channels, not only will you help the rep, but it'll also build the company brand by humanizing it uh, as well. So you get a twofer for that.
0: Right. So a couple of couple of kind of follow-up points. First and foremost, um, you talked about, you know, carrying your, your CRM with you and having a personal one. I always say to anybody who's using the CRM is the company you work for may own the conversation, but you own the relationship and you need to make sure you can port that. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to sell them what you sold them, but they can use that relationship in a way to get you into other opportunities. The second thing is I want to kind of give you a quick case study of how I've used what you've talked about, and that is it's something I call the 10-10-10 strategy, and the 10-10-10 strategy is I take 10 contacts a day, and this is all done in nibble, 10 contacts a day, 10 minutes, 10 words, and all I do is I reach out to them, and some of them are on email, and some of them are on social, usually on LinkedIn, some on Facebook, and I go and I say, how are you doing, and how can I help, and that's it and if i do that 10 contacts every single day that means that i'm reaching 50 people per week and a minimum of 200 people per month so what i've done is i've gone into nimble and i actually flag those 200 people i want to have a convo with and i I make mark them as important and then i cycle through them every single month so i know that i'm reaching them one out of the 10 or maybe two out of the 10 will actually answer back Um, but that's okay. You know, it's like, it's their time to want to do that. And then we, And you know,
1: what I like about that is even the people that don't respond, see that you're reaching out and you have essentially nudged the relationship. Exactly. And it's kind of like that, that person in the, um, carnival that has the plates on the pencil
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and every once in a while they go and they nudge the plate and give it a little spin to keep it spinning and that's relationships. You got to you got to reach out and touch people periodically for them to continue to see you. And I love your uh, your 10 10 10 method.
0: Thank you. So so that's one just kind of a you know real life example of how you can use it. And I don't care if you do 5 a day, I don't care if you do 2 a day. You know, the more you do, the better your odds of getting something. But the key thing is identifying, you know, with a CRM it's much easier to identify and remember who those people are. You know, and that it varies. You know, there's certain months where I add some new people and delete some people. Um, based on where I'm at, where my business is at, where the, uh, you know, I, especially during the last year, you know, things changed quite a bit. So, John, this has been fabulous, man. I, You know, again, if people want to check out, I suggest you go to brianloves.info. And in there, you'll find a products tab and you can find a, a link to Nimble. And I think you offer a 14-day free trial. Is that right, John?
1: We do. And, uh, and if uh, your listeners like what they see and decide to become subscribers, they could use the code JOHN40, four zero to uh, save 50, 40% off their first three months.
0: That's outstanding. Cool. So people want to get a hold of you. How do they find you? What's the best way to connect with you?
1: Well, the easiest way to do it is just to Google me, uh, go into Google and type J-O-N space F-E-R-R-A and you'll see that I have identities across all the channels that most people hang out and converse on. Reach out to me on the channel that you feel most comfortable with. And if that's too hard, just email me at john at com. J-O-N.
0: Awesome, man. Well, I can say personally that you've been uh, very responsive every time I've reached out to you. And, you know, I appreciate you coming on and dropping some sizzling hot bacon knowledge bombs on my peeps, man. It is a pleasure to talk to you again. I look forward to the next time.
1: Everything's better with bacon, baby.
0: Amen. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? send them to Brian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon.